So, uh, Carl, you starting the recording or should I do it? Oh, there it goes. Okay. Well, uh, I think, Mike, are you ready to go? Okay, good. Well, welcome to um, Dojo Universe for another week. Uh, this week, what we've got going on at uh, Dojo U is we've got a lot of different um, Christmas music happening in different classes. And what I thought we'd do today is uh, just kind of go through some of the stuff that we've already covered and just sort of generally get everyone pumped up and prepared to play some some Christmas music on on the pipes. Um, Bim, do you do any uh, Christmas piping? I used to do, for a few years, I did a uh, sort of a Christmas luncheon recital thing. It was centered around, uh, had some dancing going on, and I had my little shtick that I did on small pipes and highland pipes. And, um, it was always fun. It was always what tough was trying to choose music, though. You know, it was just, uh, you, know, just you know, just sitting playing tunes and uh, chattering about bagpipes and things like that, just for like a half an hour or so. It was like a, it was the Bucks County Scottish Society had a, has a luncheon every year. A bunch of old Scottish folks get up and get together and talk Scotland, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but uh, we there was a we did a dancing thing and I did a piping thing and. And uh, it was always it was always tough to choose the right music though you know you can't get up there and just play a bunch of sort of hardcore competition music you got to sort of choose right. you know your your marches carefully and you know you can't just throw out anything you know yeah I think that um, I think generally speaking uh, the for me the, it's always a sort of a delicate balance between you don't want to be too blatantly just Christmas carols so. We've been learning a lot of Christmas carols on the on the pipes this week, um, but there are a lot of other tunes that sort of sound uh, Christmassy, especially if you play them in a certain way. And there are a lot of slow airs and so on and so forth that are really good. And um, I think you can sort of mix some common Christmas music in with uh, perhaps less Christmassy per se type music and. Um, and, and sort of you can make good Christmas medleys out of that. And the other thing I was going to say is that uh, I really don't – I haven't done a lot of Christmas piping. Um, I remember when I was at St. Andrews, um, St. Andrews College in Ontario, when I was in my high school years, we used to have a carol service where the pipes were sort of featured heavily. Um, so I did do some Christmassy stuff then, I guess you could say, um, which was pretty fun. But other than that – um, usually, because I come from a piping family, you might say, uh, holidays for us are usually uh, also a holiday from bagpiping. Yeah, so piping-free holidays, usually, yeah. Usually sort of leave the pipes at home and, and just uh, eat a lot and watch Syracuse basketball or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not exactly something that lends itself to, uh, you know, sort of holiday gatherings. Where you just whip out a set of pipes and start uh, blasting away the living room or something, you know. Yeah, every now and then, though, I mean, if, if we go to a, maybe a part of the family that's, you know, that we don't know as well, and we get we have sort of reunions or get-togethers, sometimes they'll ask me to play, and so it's kind of cool to have stuff up your sleeve for that. Anyway, um, I thought what I I thought what we could do today then is maybe play some some Christmassy stuff. Do you have your uh, practice channel with you? Do I? I mean, I'll, oh, I I can get it. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'll do the first one. I, I was just going to start with the the classic. Jingle bells, but maybe at some point then you could play some of your, uh, you know, uh, some of your, the tunes that you like to play. 
at Christmas time or or what have you. But so just kind of a laid back thing. I know Carl sounds like he's on the phone right now, but hopefully he can chime in as well. But anyway, so here's Jingle Bells. This is from our tutor. We actually um, and one of the things John Holcomb brought up in one of our morning classes this week was that um, you know Christmas music is a really this is sort of a, an educational segue here, but uh, Christmas music is the perfect music to play when you're learning how to play the pipes and to do the basics. Christmas melodies are the perfect place to start because we know them so well. So we know exactly how Jingle Bells is supposed to sound. And so it, it actually, it's great practice for uh, making the bagpipe an extension of yourself, which is, of course, our, uh, our motto sort of thing that we have going on here. But it's a perfect uh, opportunity to make the bagpipe an extension of yourself really early on in the learning process. Um, yeah, yeah. And so most of us good, know... That's a good point, because I, I think, you know, it's, it's, you know, I don't know how everyone else learns, but, you know, whenever you hear tunes, it's, it becomes easier to play them, even from written scores, you know, just because you've got yeah. the, the melody in your head. And, you know, yeah, like you said, the, these, these tunes are something that we've all grown up with and we all kind of know them. Uh, we don't have to actually think about them them at all so it becomes really easy to play them and translate that onto the onto the channel you know exactly and if there's if there's any like uh if there's any secret of the top pipers as far as how they learn tunes so fast um i you know and again uh i am including myself in that grouping so so great pipers maybe not so much but <laughs> uh but uh you know if there's any secret as far as how i learn tunes really really fast um it's that i secretly already know most or all of the melody that I'm trying to learn before I even start. So, you know, if someone says, hey, Andrew, can you learn you with the crooked horn for my solos? Well, um, even if I don't know that tune yet, I've heard it 10 trillion times and I have a really good picture of how it goes in my head. So it's going to take me a really short period of time to actually learn that. And bringing it back to the Christmas music, um, you know, you're going to have a really good idea of how this goes in the first place. And so it's just a matter of figuring out how to do it on the chanter. There's not actually, you know, that that steep, steep learning curve. So so anyway, here's Jingle Bells. And uh, go ahead and if, if you're out there and you have your chanters with you today, uh, grab, your, grab your chanter and finger along and play along. I'll play it twice. So we'll do it the first time and then maybe we'll have a little play along after as well. So, so here's Jingle Bells and... Uh, and uh, then you got to go grab your practice channel. So yeah. I'm not the only guy doing this <laughs> today. You know, I want to hear what you have to say musically with Christmas music too. So, but I digress. So here's a here's the first time through Jingle Bells. Ready? Um, and the other thing, sorry, one last thing is that uh, I um, we have these simple grace noting in our tutor, but you can use any embellishments that you want with Christmas music. So if you feel like putting a D throw in here or adding some doublings, you're totally welcome to do so. And I'll probably do that as I play as well. So here we go. Jingle bells. One, two, ready and go.
and you don't really want to end there, do you? We kind of want to go back to the beginning, but uh, maybe we can do that during the play along portion. Everybody, um, everybody out there. I mean, some of some of us are probably at work and stuff, but everybody hearing that okay? Um, hopefully. And are some people ready to to play along, perhaps? Darren's good. Guest viewer four sounds good. All right, cool. I kind of I, I got my iPhone a few months ago. I really kind of liked. I was just telling Carl, I really like these headphones. Um, they're great for because uh, there's a microphone right here, I believe, which is it's not like right up close to my mouth, so it's a little bit picking up the room, but it's close enough that I think. Vin, do you find that this is coming through clearly, or it's very or clear. maybe it's yeah, maybe yeah, a lot better than mine, stuff. that's for sure. Yeah, like the the headsets are kind of cool, but these these seem particularly effective. So anyway. Uh, all right. For those of us out there who have their channers, uh, let's let's try this one more time and see if you can sight read it and and play along. Uh, hopefully, it'll be kind of fun. And then, Vin, if you're gonna play along, just make sure you mute your microphone because <laughs> that'll sound pretty crazy if you don't. All right, here I go. So we'll do jingle bells again. Hopefully, uh, some of you heard that I was uh, once I got comfortable, I started to embellish a little bit more on my own, and so you should definitely do that as well. So here's Jingle Bells. Again, one, two, ready, and go. I am in the Christmas spirit now. What do you think, Ben? Feeling very jolly. Yeah, I'm feeling very jolly indeed, and my my bells have been thoroughly jingled. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, but at the same time, it's a little cheesy. Maybe some of us are feeling a little bit of the yeah, that's, 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 that's the glory of Christmas music. I think is, is is the cheesiness factor. You know, it's a time where the cheesiness is like. You know, just maybe a little less ripe, <laughs> or something. Yeah, it's, I, I agree. Like, and you get uh, away with it more. And it's strangely like it's bizarre. If I can move myself beyond how cheesy it seems that I'm playing jingle bells on the pipes, it's actually kind of fun to play. And uh, certainly, uh, a lot of this Christmas music is they're surprisingly great melodies. I, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, sure. Sort of take, I, you take know, it's a. Uh, 
It's, and it's, it's kind of one of the things that sort of separates it uh, from, you know, piping as a, as a thing to do. You know, when a piper's up there playing, you're, you're very focused on the piper and the music that they're playing. And it's, this is sort of something that just sort of relates to the audience more and relates to a lot more people than just, you know, the enthusiasts listening to the, this, you know, XY piper, you know, something that everybody can get into. So, so, the, so the musician kind of disappears and sort of blends into the whole atmosphere of it, you know? Yeah. I think you're totally right about that. And um, it's fun, you know, uh, you could play. Uh, one of the things I was sort of uh, getting at at one of my classes is, you know, you it's what's cool about Christmas is that, um, you know, your your church especially or, or what have you, um, obviously if you're in the Christian faith, your church is always very active at Christmas time and, and if as long as it's the right combination, you know, there's always opportunities to play Christmas stuff, you know, and uh, it's very often something that can be combined into a service really easily and, and really well and, and pipes sound great inside churches. So it's a great way to get involved with um, with with your church at Christmas time uh, and to sort of share because I know a lot of us, a lot of us, uh, a lot of our students definitely go to church on a regular basis. But it's, you know, how do I integrate what I'm doing musically with? with that aspect of my life. And Christmas is a great opportunity to do that. And if you're a more advanced piper, it's a great opportunity to find a concert pitch chanter and maybe even do some integration with your organist or, or other, other musicians um, at your church as well. So, you know, it, it is actually a legit musical opportunity, isn't it? I think. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, it offers a sort of a level of performance, I think that, or maybe even audience engagement, if you want to get fancy, you know, that, that just raw piping doesn't allow, you know, sort of, you know, you sort of make a better connection and all that stuff, all that, uh, all that performance type stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I was thinking too, I mean, small pipes are great, especially in the wintertime, like bellows blown, you know, with oh, the yeah. arms. If you could play bellows blown small pipes, and as long as they're in tune with, you know, A or, or general concert pitch, you know, there's lots of opportunities. You can even bring them and like go caroling. I don't know. I don't carol, but I know some people still do. They, they like to oh, go you can out get away and sing. Yeah. Uh, Depending on how cold it is, I guess maybe. Yeah, bring totally. the pipes, play jingle bells, and and have a good time. I don't know. Uh, I I guess small I would secretly small maybe. pipes are just such a great. Uh, I just I think they fit the, the holiday spirit a lot better than the Highland pipes. So you know, when I said when I did my little recital there. The small pipes featured in in a good half of it, only because it was just a, I don't know, just a more suitable sound for the season or something, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, uh, without further ado, Vin, do you have any Christmas carols that you no, play? Dug up, I I dug up a copy, a sheet of uh, Little Drummer Boy. I managed to find it. I was searching as I was talking there. Wow, I don't think we're teaching that one this week, so this is going to be an exclusive. Can I, can a I pipe hacker this? exclusive. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, yeah, let's stop this, this one. Comes from, this actually can... comes from, uh, I, I play, this comes from uh, Jim McGilvery's Pipe Tunes site, um, which I down, I downloaded this ages ago, I think. You know, the Little Drum Boys were definitely something that, that suits, you know, your own sort of embellishments, if you will. You know, there's never really any one definite way to play it, you know. Let's get find here. Is it an A or D? Uh, yeah, there you go. Excellent. Let's see. 
upload in progress. How about uh, while he's doing that, any folks out there have uh, Christmas music that they like playing or, or have played? Can you type in some names of Christmas tunes? I think if we do that, then uh, I think if we go for like, let's go for 95 or something. There you go. Like, uh, yeah. So let's hear what you got there, then. I'll turn off my mic so I can play along. Something yeah, that that's can nice. go on endlessly. You know, you play three, four times, five times, whatever, and you can throw all kinds of stuff and do different things each time. That's why I, I usually do that. Do, 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 do. I, I think I was, you I was somebody was... in the back, a little, little boy in the back, going. Do, 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 do. <laughs> right. I mean, that's uh, you know, we can get, get the drum corps for that. You know, they can they can play various uh, yeah. little drummer boy. That sounds good, you know. And you yeah. play it on the pipes, it actually sounds pretty good. You know, it's a it, it actually almost doesn't sound like a Christmas carol. You know, it sounds like something that was actually written, you know, for for the pipe scale. You know, so it's and it suits. You know, it's sort of similar to various some other tunes and slow airs that you that you play or are familiar with. You know, yeah. So it fits right into the into the set that you're that you're making. You know, not too much bother. Um, all right. Well, S Siri says she plays Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I don't think it's uh, it's on D though. I don't know. Uh... Now, Siri, do you have a setting that you play for that? Would you like to come on and share it with us? Um, I love "Ding Dong Merrily on High." That's like one of my favorite little Christmas carols, and uh, I definitely like that one. Mm -hmm. I know that one. Really? Okay. Um, we could bring that one up. Let's uh, let's bring that one up because that one's a really good one. Um, ding dong. I love being able to search for ding dong. Okay, there we go. There <laughs> yeah. That's sometimes how I feel as I search for I search for ding dong merrily on high. Um, ding dong. And then for some reason it hasn't been enjoying loading PDFs for me, but it will usually after a few tries. Um, all right, now, a lot of these settings have strange ornamentation, um, so we're I'm not going to adhere to the embellishments exactly, but, but here's Ding Dong Merrily on High.
right? So, ding dong, merrily out high. It's sort of a classic. I did not know that was called that. I think I knew it by another title, actually. I don't even know what it is. Ding dong, merrily on high, the Christmas bells are ringing. No? I think Christmas bells is something you come up with, actually, with it. I don't know, maybe. That's a title I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I just, um, I know that one from the Muppet Christmas Carol movie. (laughs) Which we watch watch every year. And unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, none of the Emmett Otter jug band music can really be played on the podcast. Oh, yeah, that's, I know. I I actually downloaded that once a couple years later last year, last year, because I needed to introduce my kids to Emmett Otter's jug band Christmas. That was, uh. Yeah. Um. Just uh, it ain't no fun with a hole in the washtub. I, I can't really play that on the pipe. <laughs> ain't no fun with a hole in the washtub. Great tunes in that little bit, that little thing. Yeah, uh, it really it's a it's a you know just as a shameless plug to uh, Jim Henson here. Uh, oh, I love Jim know. Henson. Yeah, so like Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. If you haven't seen it, it's sort of a cult classic. It's a cult yeah, yeah. Christmas classic, but you have to see it. And then. Um, you know, if you haven't seen Muppet, the the Muppet Family Christmas, you have to see that. Um, and there will be a lot of bagpipe related inspiration there. Um, so, Carl, are you uh, off the phone? Can you uh, can you chime in with some of your favorite Christmas carols? Oh, geez, I don't know. Favorite Christmas carols? That's tough. I um, I heard your comment earlier that you you kind of don't play pipes around around uh, the Christmas time. I do quite the opposite. If I have time off, um, you know, when I get home from school and get home to my family, I I play, you know, almost every day and not uh, not Christmas stuff. Just I play for fun because they don't get to hear me play very much anymore. So, uh, right, I do lots of performing over the holidays. Yeah, um, you did. Um, you did. Didn't last Christmas you played with the orchestra, didn't you? Or was that not at Christmas? Wasn't quite at Christmas. I think it was uh, in November and. I think that was two years ago now. <laughs> um, yeah, I played. Uh, um, went home and and played for uh, uh, the Elgin Symphony Orchestra uh, when they did a piece called uh, uh, "Orkney Wedding with Sunrise" by uh, Peter Maxwell Davies. It's one of I think three pieces written for a full orchestra and pipes. Um, quite a quite a cool thing, but uh, not really Christmas related. But uh, no, yeah, still I, very I, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so do, do do your family gather around and drink eggnog while you play, Carl, or or do you just go play in your room? I think uh, yeah, no, I play in the in in the living room and and uh, you know people can come around and sit down and listen for usually you know forty minutes or so, if I, depending on how much I'm playing. But uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's good. Friends, family, I, I play for a lot of them now, and they they've really come to appreciate Fantastic. it. So. Think, How I many think people you out there? Sending out your audio Christmas cards now. Yeah. How many people Christmas out cards. there own um, real, those ugly Christmas sweaters? Not that hmm. they're necessarily ugly, but they're be- that's sort of what they've become to be. You know, like the super knit with the with yeah, the reindeers on them. One of those. My my wife had uh, used to wear every year because my my mother-in-law made them uh, Christmas sweatshirts, which were like glittered up and embossed, and had a little oh, sound no. chip in them. Like so, it was a big point set on the front with a little gl- with a bunch of glitter, and then in it was a pocket for the little thing you squeeze it and made you know said like joy to the world or something like that. And Absolutely. I used to I used to just go around and press them on everybody's short shirt when I, you know, like every year I just go around and start pressing them. It was, it was hilarious. Yes, and it's funny for the first hour, but then if you keep pressing it, <laughs> exactly. it starts to get really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. 
we uh we had a similar experience mostly but it was more with the remote control helicopter than it was with the ugly uh, <laughs> my dad got the remote control helicopter for christmas and then uh it was fun for the first hour and then the women in the family were like if that thing doesn't get put away right now i'm boycotting general activities so uh we do have a santa claus santa claus is here today look at that Santa Claus from the North Pole. Who could that be? I mean, I'm from the North Santa's, Pole. Santa's typing? Yeah, he says those sweaters are very nice. Oh, uh, sorry, well, Santa. they are. <laughs> uh, me to offend. But see, now I'm thinking, I think what we need to do is, I think we need to, we've got 28 people here. How many people here have what they think is the ugliest Christmas sweater ever? Because what I think what we need to do is, people need to play their bagpipes in the ugliest Christmas sweater, and then we'll have like a Is vote. A picture? We'll, yeah, like so. <laughs> how many people out there can, can take their picture in uh, what they think is the ugliest Christmas sweater and then send it to me? Uh, and because if you don't if, have it out by now, what are you doing? You're wasting time. Yes, so, exactly. Uh, and you know, what I'll do is I will, I will extend a free month of Dojo University uh, whatever, if you're like, you know, uh, I'll extend a free month of Dojo University to to whoever can uh, um, to whoever can come up with the funniest sort of ugliest um, Christmas sweater picture for next week's um, Dojo Universe. Perfect. For How me, it's always, been, it's always been cheesy Christmas objects with piping. You know, if I can find, you know, the cheesiest sort of Christmas decoration, it goes on my tree. You know, if I, and, and, you know, there is no loss between cheesy nutcrackers playing bagpipes and Santa Claus's holding some sort of bagpipe-like thing and, and uh, you know, things like that. So I've always managed I have a good half a dozen of them on my tree now. Yeah, exactly. I'm so going to see if I can come up with a... Between cheesy nutcrackers would be a good one. Yeah, so... So the, I'll do a free premium, a, a free month of premium dojo uh, uh, to the winner of this contest. Siri says, Andrew, you are a sick man. You are a Mac cheese whiz. I'm not sure what a Mac cheese whiz is, but I'm sure that it's not a compliment. So I agree. We are I'm, crowning I, I, achievement. I'm going a little crazy with the Christmas band here. playing. Yeah, an entire band playing in those sweaters would be the crowning achievement, I think. If you manage to get a picture like yes. that, everybody in their cheesy sweater playing in a circle. All right. Um, I will, and then Carl, uh, or where's my, I think I left my iPhone out there. I could have Siri, my, the Siri on my iPhone could remind me to, I'll, I'll make an announcement in the, in the email this week as well, um, reminding people. Um, so I think what we need to go for is funniest funniest christmas related bagpipe photo so the only the requirement is it has to be christmasy has to have bagpipes in it um but then uh, yeah because people probably have some crazy bagpipe and nutcrackers too so i don't want to rule that out i think we can i think we can stay with you know i think um you know so any christmas related thing or if you have like a bagpiping santa claus blow up incredible flailing arm man on your roof i think that counts <laughs> yeah, and, and oh, for anyone listening idea. to the anyone listening to the podcast, not actually here live, just uh, email us at info at dojouniversity dot com, and you know you don't have to be present to win. 
Yeah, Mike Mike Shoppy says Carol of the Bells as a huge bagpipe suite would be awesome. Oh yeah, that is a little off topic, but uh, it would be awesome. I was um I was we were actually talking about that this morning. The problem is we lose we lose the range eventually. <laughs> you kind of have to go up higher. <laughs> we can't really go low enough or high enough for that, uh, but it would be pretty awesome. Channel. It would be awesome. Does anyone go to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra thing? Has anyone ever seen that? Because they do an amazing Carol of the Bells. Um, yes, and uh, Stephen is typing in here. We have a uh, Stephen is typing in that SFU's Pachelbel Canon is something that also works as a Christmas presentation. That's definitely true. Uh, and then, yes, um, and he's saying that he plays it uh, on the CD player during the holidays. Yes, I agree completely. Um, we actually we played that last week. So um, probably shouldn't play it again this week. But but yes, that is something that's really good for uh, the holidays as well. So yeah, anyone that's listening to the podcast not live is welcome to send it in. And then, Carl, did you say that again? You said it was info at dojouniversity.com, right? Okay. Yep, that's the one. Cool. Well, that that's pretty good. Carl, do you uh, have any Christmas carols that you'd be up for playing? Like, what do you think about doing? Um, what do you think about doing uh, up on the rooftop with Old Saint Nick? <laughs> oh, I'm sure I could do one of these. Yeah. Well, you teach this one. You better be able to do this. Yeah, one. I know. This is from our tutor. I don't know. How how about we do one of my favorite ones? Like uh, you're gonna you're gonna snipe the Okami Manuel one. Oh yeah, I am. All right, you have my blessing. All right. Yeah, like that. <laughs> it's one of my absolute fa favorite uh, melodies of ever, and uh, yeah, uh, it's a really, uh, it's really melodic. Enjoy it. Yeah, uh, Enya does a really good version of this, and um, I noticed Carl that you changed some of the rhythms and stuff in there, which uh, I think is totally cool. And I know I've heard this in a lot of different ways, um, you know, different, 
you know, different, slight different combinations of rhythms. And yeah, I think that's the important part about this this Christmas music on the pipes is, you know, it wasn't written for the pipes, so play it, you know, take your own spin on it, be expressive, and, you know, it's about the music, not the, right. not so much the exact notes or grace noting or just have fun with it. Yes, the ghost of Patrick Ogg is not going to haunt your dreams if you uh, mess around with the exactly uh, mess around with the notes here. So, uh, ghost of piping, good. past, present, and future are not going to visit you when you sleep. That's for sure. Yeah. So um, the next thing, uh, Siri is sort of giving us a segue. So she says, "How about some hints on surviving playing pipes in the cold?" So um, that was sort of the next topic, which is um, if we do play our pipes during Christmas season. Um, it could potentially be really cold out uh, when we're doing this. So I thought it would be a good time to just generally talk about uh, playing pipes in the cold and what the best practices are. And um, I think Vin and Carl, it's tough to find better guys to talk about this than you guys. Yeah, well, number one on my list is don't. And then if <laughs> that fails, I go to number two. <laughs> You know, so I mean, I, yeah. I try to avoid that because it's just it's just a nightmare. The pipes just yeah. Aren't. Number two, don't play long. <laughs> play long. Yeah, there you go. If you have to, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I think I, I don't know. I mean, it, I've tried different approaches over the years, you know, and they they all sort of have equal amounts of failure. <laughs> I think. Um, you know, wow, that's a very pessimistic. That's a very pessimistic. It is. It is. I just don't. I don't though. like it. Can you tell? <laughs> when is, where is your Christmas spirit here? <laughs> That's right. That's why I go to indoor parties at Christmas time and play there. Oh, geez. All right. Carl, well, it's now your job to give us the more optimistic outcome. <laughs> I guess so. Well, uh, I, I guess some of us don't really have that luxury, Vin. Uh, in, in school, uh, in college, we had parades. We had a Thanksgiving parade that was, uh, I mean, it's probably – this weekend, it was like the, or sorry, last weekend, the uh, 24th, uh, um, maybe it was the 17th, but uh, there was one year it was about 23 degrees, and by golly, you were going to be playing. best thing to do is, if you're in a, that sort of situation where you're playing in a parade, um, and I just did this recently with the Christmas Day parade here in Schenectady, it wasn't quite as cold. But the thing is, to stay warm while you're standing around waiting for that parade just start. Um, that's that's the most important thing. Stay warm, surprisingly move, and uh, you won't be that cold as long as you've dressed you know appropriately with like a uh, you know like long johns or something under your <laughs> your shirt or. Um, you know, a thermal uh, a top and then button-down jacket, that kind of thing. Uh, other than that, it, as far as, as keeping the, the pipes biggest, well, biggest thing, the biggest um, yeah, I think one one thing you don't want to do, and I, and I, and I, this is the respiration uh, cracks, which are definite, sort of they they will hasten if your pipes are at risk of cracking. Um, in conditions like that is is don't play them inside if you're going to be outside um you know don't don't warm up indoors right. um and you know where it's all hot nice and toasty and then you go outside marching in your you know ice cold parade i mean that's probably the first thing you should do um only because it's just the conditions need to be equal right, absolutely i mean you're gonna be playing outside warm up outside play them outside the pipes can probably handle it if, as long as it's not going to be 
lengthy, and you're, they'll be subject to all the different moisture problems that you, you get it during any season of the year, you know. But as long as they're equalized, it should hold up, I would imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be playing outside or for a parade or whatever, you know, get the pipes outside, let them you know, uh, acclimate to that temperature. And then as far as tuning goes, um, <laughs> or warming up, I would say, you know, skip it. Uh, tune the pipes to what they're at, you know, plug the channer in, tune the drones real quickly, then let it be. Uh, you know, for the, for the course of a parade or something like that, between the marching and the cooling off, which happens very rapidly in the, in the cold like that, uh, they're going to stay more or less at that low number. Um, you will deal with, you know, like has been said, a lot of moisture problems. So make sure when you're done, you're dumping the tubes, you're getting, you know, take the pipes completely apart, swab them out immediately, um, and let them slowly come up to temperature. You know, don't throw them into a 90-degree oven to try and dry them out. <laughs> that would be a... That goes, that goes in the opposite, too. And once you stop playing after being in the parade, you know, it's not a good idea to just, like, throw them into your hot car and drive, you know, your hour home in, in the heat of your yeah. car. You, you at least warm up and equalize, you know, gradually, not, not suddenly. I think that's, that's your that's, – and that goes any season. You know, I think that's your yeah. one rule of thumb when you're, when you're dealing with an instrument like that because – because the wood can crack, you know, if it's subject to too much stress, the you know you'll have stock splitting and pieces breaking open and stuff like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so where where do you warm up? How long do you warm up? Uh, those are some of the questions that are coming through here. Uh, I try it first. I say don't. <laughs> I wouldn't play long, you know. Like like Carl said, don't don't bother with the tuning. I think you you give them a blow to get air going through them and and then when everyone's equalized i think you know maybe five ten minutes is tops and then do your thing you know i think wherever they're going to be is where they're at and you know if things change um you can always fix it you know you can always take care of it on the fly i think um i don't think i think it's just minimizing your your sort of tinkering and, and playing time i think in, the, in this extreme cold like that is probably yeah. it don't don't be striving for for perfection on on a cold day like that because you know, your fingers are going to be cold. They're not going to be perfect anyway, work. so. <laughs> right. Sometimes the reeds just don't work. You know, I think uh, that synthetic reeds these days can hold up to a lot. But, you know, in extreme cold, you know, that material, you know, reacts just like the wood would react. You know, it, 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 it tightens up. It, you know, it's, it yeah. gets stiffer, and sometimes the reeds just don't play. <laughs> so, you know, don't be surprised if your pipes just aren't cooperating. You know, the whole yeah, thing. I find that... Uh, I mean, very quickly, of course, you get moisture problems, but, uh, you know, bases tend to not, not work as well in the cold. Uh, just the reeds themselves, they just shut off. So it, as long as you're prepared for that, you're having fun doing whatever you're doing, uh, that's fine. I mean, it, it's never going to be a perfect polished product in, you know, 20-degree weather. It's just not going to happen. But that doesn't mean we can't go out and have fun and, and really, uh, you know, play for, for the crowd, so... Siri, Siri asks, I think she asked, you made a coat for a Boston Piper, I guess, an Inverness cape-style coat, I would take it, um, where the bag and everything else would be underneath the, sort of the cape, um, just like your raincoat would be. Um, I, in the cold, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, th I think it could help, but you've got two different things going on at that point. You've got extreme cold on the outside, you know, to the drones, and then you've got your nice warm arm and coat over the bag, which... Just is it just creating an, an environment ripe for a condensation and you know dripping moisture probably on the insides of your drones more than likely. 
Yeah, I don't I'll know, tell you I don't what know I if do. Austin Piper had similar problems, but uh, I would have. I would. That would be my guess. Yeah, uh, you know, and and again, like with the Inverness cape, you know, with the Inverness coat or what have you. I mean, it might keep the environment inside the bag a little bit warmer, but you're still going to have, um, you know, moist air going through the drones, and and the drones are going to be exposed to the elements, so you're still going to have heavy condensation. Um, I, I'll tell you what I do when I'm playing in the cold. First of all, I agree a hundred percent. So. If there's any risk of things act, of moisture actually freezing inside or on any elements of the blackwood, I won't I won't do it. So if the temperature is you know 40 degrees below, or, or sorry 40 degrees or below, or you know for Canadians and so on that would be anywhere near zero, um, I I probably wouldn't play at all. And then if it's really cold, I am um, I do warm up quickly inside only to get my Drones sort of in tune with my chanter, uh, and then my routine would be I would play in the cold, and I would sort of – I would combine tuning it. I would make warming up part of the performance. So I'd play a little bit. Like I'd play a quick tune and then quickly tune my drones, play another tune, quickly tune my drones, uh, and then sort of um, try to keep play time to a mini minimum. But then at the end of the day um, – yeah, we don't want to warm up too. We don't want to get the pipes warm inside and then go directly outside. Um, that's not going to be um, not going to be good for the pipes. If the pipes have to, if the pipes have to change um, temperatures, um, you know, you want it to be as gradual as possible, and you want there to be as little moisture involved as possible so things don't crack. I mean, do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I think I think you know a lot of people come up with ideas of like sort of keeping the pipes warm but it's not really the pipes that's the issue it's like it's you you know you have to be able to play so your hands your fingers have to be good and you have to be comfortable enough to be you know, playing the pipes but the pipes can probably withstand the conditions for a while um, I think you know when you start putting insulation and coverings and trying your best to sort of keep the pipes warm I think you're doing more harm than good um, yeah you want, to, you want to be able to keep it everything's got to be the same I mean that's stability is the key right and we, we worry about that when we're playing um, any time of the year, you know, we want to keep conditions and moisture levels and all that stuff the same for as long as possible. Um, I think that goes into the cold as well. You know, you just create opportunities for bad things to happen when you sort of cover your drones or you're covering your bag, and you know, because you're never going to do it successfully 100%, right? There's always going to be that little bit that's going to cause you a problem. You know. Well, I know that's true for most people. I mean, I am perfect and polished regardless of temperature. <laughs> you go out in a complete wool body sack, right? In the cold, that's it. Everything is with a maintained temperature. <laughs> the electrically controlled uh, exactly. <laughs> insulation yeah, keeps everything in a median 60 degrees. On the inside. <laughs> I think uh, one other thing that to mention is just, you know, when you're playing and your fingers feel frozen cold, that our kind of instinct, I think, is to uh, push down harder uh, because we can't really feel where the holes are. Our fingers are cold and a little numb, so we, we kind of tend to clamp down a bit. Um, if you can just be conscious of that, uh, you can usually end up performing fairly well. You know, your fingers feel stiff, um, but that can also just be that you're you're clamping down too hard because you can't feel the holes, and if you can keep that in mind you can help uh, your fingers move a little more agilely they'll still move in the cold just a little slower yeah 
Also, the, the, the polypipes are an interesting idea, you know, um, for various things, and, and I think you know they they become useful in extreme heat as well. Like you know, yeah. you know, when you're out in the desert somewhere or somewhere out in parts of Australia where it's extremely hot all the time, polypipes become useful. And I would imagine in the winter time too. I mean, I don't know if anyone's had experience playing them in the, in the cold, but you know, I think the one advantage of the, the plastic is that it doesn't there's not too much variability. So they're always yeah, the same, no matter what the conditions are, usually, over the wood, I'm, you know. I know several pipers that have a, a set of poly pipes for uh, for performances, you know, if it's raining and they have a, a wedding or funeral to do and they're outside, um, or it's too cold, too hot, uh, they'll use the poly pipes. I think that is an excellent thing, because they're going to sound good uh, if they've been made well, and, and uh you know, nobody in the, in a performance setting like that is going to be able to if hear it's the difference. Raining, no one's really going to notice. I think. Right. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's you that's got to be the. Well, your pipe sound's going to struggle. Your pipe sound's going to struggle anyway. So you might as well, you know, play an instrument that's not going to get damaged. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one thing that you shouldn't do when you're playing in the cold. If you have a black wood pipe chanter. It's not in your best interest to try to uh, take the chanter in and out uh, from the bottom when it's really cold. <laughs> Good uh, advice any time of year, but in the cold. I learned this the hard way last year, yeah. Because um, the hemp swelled up because there was lots of condensation and it was really cold. And I grabbed the chanter from the bottom and I just I split it right down the middle. So that was good. Does it sound better now? Uh, it does not sound better now. It's it's in retirement. Yeah. Well, Alistair Gillis famously played a, a nail chanter that he split once upon a time and had sealed, and sounded better than ever. He says so. He says <laughs> so. He said. <laughs> there you go. So maybe there's some hidden uh, some hidden magic in there. All right. Well, I just can't go any longer without hearing someone play a Christmas carol. So, uh, Ben, is it your turn or is it my turn? My turn? Oh, it's, I think it's your turn. All right. Uh, well, I will play. Uh, I will play up on the rooftop with Old Saint Nick. I think this is a it's a classic one. Oh, a lot of it was interesting. That we had some some foreign students, so non-American students, um, the other day, and some of them didn't even realize this was a Christmas carol or, or hadn't heard it before. So, so this is an American one, I guess, or maybe a British American one. But anyway, up on the rooftop with Old Saint Nick. Which I think is, I think that's a great, uh, it's a cool melody and it's a great uh, Christmas tune to be able to play on the pipes. What do you think about that? Absolutely, man. Actually, I'm vaguely familiar with that. I don't know if even if I even really wouldn't even know it if I heard it again. No kidding. Strange. Yeah. I mean, it's something that's familiar. You've heard it, but it's like probably background music when you're in the mall or something. 
know, so it's, it's not like a song yeah. that everyone that I would even. I don't know where it's for me. It seems like run of the mill, but I wonder. Maybe I just had. Uh, um, maybe I just had a, the right Christmas CD and assumed it was. was it? How, how old is it? It can't be that old. Is it, is it an old an old song? Is it an actual carol that would can be considered like traditional? Not have a composer, you know. I've got like you know somebody from the Rat Pack singing it in my head. Yeah. Okay. And I, th- I think we played it in high school band and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. Let me. Uh, getting rid of that. And I'm going to bring up. Let me see if I can find. Uh, by the way, and somebody had pointed this out to me recently. Uh, we have the name wrong for that. Oh, we do. It's up on the housetop. Oh, well, there you go. It turns out I uh, well, I have no idea what I'm doing, which is not uncommon. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm just looking up a little history here. It is a, an American song. Uh, it may well have been the first American song of importance, which elaborates on the theme of Santa Claus. Um, came about in about the 1830s. Oh, interesting. So there you go. Very American. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up with this one. I think this is a classic. Whoops. Let me uh, – it's still not liking it when I try to upload stuff. But that's okay. I'm going to win this battle. There you go. Uh, so, O Come All Ye Faithful. I kind of like this, and I was I was telling I played this for a class earlier today. Oh wow! So it was a, it is an American song, and it was written in Ohio. It sounds like Benjamin cool. Hamby. Anyway, "Oh Come All Ye Faithful" is not a, an American tune, and was not probably composed in Ohio. Uh, and I was explaining <laughs> earlier that. Uh, uh, this is a good one to be layered. So, so the first two lines of this would be great to have a solo piper play it, and then that middle line, um, maybe add a couple more pipers, and then the last two lines add the whole band, um, and then you could get a nice layered effect here. Anyway, I'll play it for you because Vin's been shy today. Um, so here it is. Uh, one, two, three, and four. Um, so that's uh, Oh Come All You Faithful. Uh, again, it's a melody that fits beautifully on the pipes. And um, and I think you could do this. You could make a nice arrangement of this with your pipe band as well or, or with a group of people. I, um, 
write some simple harmonies there for the, the chorus bit at the end and um, to generally be really cool. I think it becomes a great exercise too as a as a band for building all those kinds of good band type things, you know, um, keeping everybody playing together and focused on the music and harmonizing and all that kind and, of stuff. And uh, blowing steadily on the note D as well. Absolutely. Could be a great exercise for this time of year, which, uh, you know, exercises are good. Well, um, so so there you go. We're doing Christmas music uh, all week this week at Dojo U. So if you're not a member yet, um, you know, get signed up and uh, learn lots of cool Christmas stuff if you're into that or, or just generally improve your piping. I know Willie, Willie McCallum is um, teaching tonight, and so, so he'll be on and so on and so forth. And Santa Claus is out there right now listening, and, and I want one of those cool aluminum e-channers. Yes. Listening. Yeah, Santa, uh, Santa, me too. And, um, you know, thanks thanks for tuning in today, Santa, um, and just uh, generally jamming out with us. It's very good of you. Um, and uh, Santa reminds <laughs> reminds us that it's never too late to be good, which is which is true. Um, and apparently good deeds may or may not be rewarded with fancy electronic practice channers. Um, there's a there's a clause in his contract. See what I did there? Santa Claus. <laughs> mm, Carl didn't like it. All right. Well, um, but I think that's that's a good place to sort of wrap up here today for today's show. And we'll be back next week. And at some point, we'll probably go on hiatus for the Christmas holiday. But but that won't be for a few weeks. So stay tuned, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again next week. All right. Have a good day, everyone. We'll see everybody later.